Welcome to the Kristen Smith Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen, a corporate marketing professional turned solo content creator and social media strategist. I used to sit in my cubicle at work listening to business podcasts and was eager to start my own and break away from the nine to five. Now that I have made it happen, I want to teach you everything I have learned in my business journey. I will be taking you behind the scenes and we'll be talking about everything it means to run a business, including strategies you can use to grow your business, stories to inspire you, lessons I have learned along the way, along with other entrepreneurs I interview. And this will be a place for you to feel like you aren't walking along your business journey alone. I'm so happy you decided to spend some time with me today. All right, I am extra excited about today's podcast episode because I have one of my clients here, Amy Pottinger. Did I say your last name right? I should know this. Amy <laughs> you did. You totally said it right, <laughs> Pottinger. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized that. I'm like, I've been working with you for a while and I should know this. <laughs> you've probably read it more than you've said it. So that's yeah, awesome. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Amy is a residential interior designer. In addition to helping her clients locally, she offers virtual support for working moms like many of you who listen to this podcast. So Amy, could you take a moment and just explain a little bit about your services and and what you do for your clients? Yeah, for sure. So I started out, um, I've had about 15, 16 years in residential interior design, um, doing what you would expect a residential interior designer to do, which is working on new builds and uh, large scale home renovations. So I've done that locally for quite a while now. And then in the past few years, I've started to expand my business out into the virtual space which is meaning like design consultations. I have a course out now and I'm working on a couple other exciting things coming up soon Um, just to be able to reach more people, to reach specifically moms who work from home because I know there are a large number of us and there's probably even more now than when I first started thinking about this. So what I love to do though is really to take design on a deeper level. So it's more than just a pretty kitchen. It's more than just a nice sofa. It's actually, I believe design affects the way you live every single day. And that's really what is my, my jam, what I do. Yes. And there are so many working moms here who work from home and could absolutely benefit from what you do. So I think this will be a great conversation and really helpful for, for my listeners. So I'm excited. So what, let's start first with how you um, started your business, because I always like to ask my guests, to bring us on a journey of like how they got into what they do now. Um, For sure. So this is kind of funny. I, I started out not on my own, always kind of wanting to be, I've always had that like in the back of my mind. When I graduated from college, I had a job with a designer and then the downturn of whatever, gosh, it's been a long time now, 2005 ish, 2006 happened and I got laid off and my husband also got laid off. Like both of us, we both got laid off from our jobs in the same year. So that was kind of my kick in the pants to be like, I didn't have kids yet. We were thinking about starting a family and it was kind of my push out into, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this on my own. And I got my first client and kind of gradually built things up from there. And then in about a year later, I got pregnant with my daughter and it was always what I always wanted to work on my own just for the fact of 
entrepreneurs will laugh at this, but setting your own schedule, like that was always what I, you know, you laugh because you have, instead of one boss, you have like 17 bosses, but, but it worked out really great for me because I kind of worked my way back in. I wanted to work part-time when I had little ones at home. And then it was always my plan from when they were little to go back into full-time once they were in school. And that's exactly what I did. And it, it was great. I wouldn't trade it. Ah, so awesome. I, it's, it's funny that you started when you had your, you had been laid off because I talked Mm -hmm. to so many people that that happened to, especially because I know a lot of people who started their business when the um, the pandemic started and there was a lot of laying off going on at that time. So Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how something like that can really just like put this fire under you and get you to finally be like, okay, let's do this. I think a lot of us for a while have this desire to do our own thing and kind of have the, the schedule that we want and just more freedom of choice really in, mm-hmm. in, in what we do and creativity and all of that. So, um, yeah, sometimes it just takes a little fire to get us going. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about when you were, when you had the kids at home with you, how did you make that work? How did you make work and taking care of the kids all balanced out and work together? Yeah. A lot of it was just in how I planned my time, because for me, like ex- with the exception of when, like my daughter was maybe a newborn, um, I had, I hired help to help me with the kids because I can't focus in my work. Everyone's different. <laughs> like I could not focus when they were really, really little, when I had to be, you know, supervising them all the time. So I made sure I had some scheduled work hours, not to say I didn't work, you know, when they were over playing or watching a video that happened too, but that was huge for me was scheduling help in the beginning because it just helped give me that free brain space when I needed it, like to really focus on projects or if I had client meetings or things like that. Um, The beauty of what I do working out of a home office is that I almost always meet either on site at a build or on at my clients' homes or at showrooms. So I never really had to do meetings from my workspace. And now I can do Zoom meetings, but that wasn't really a thing back then. So, so yeah, so it was a lot of it for me was just creative, creatively scheduling. And at the time, and still my husband is also an entrepreneur. He owns his own business. He actually has two businesses. And so with us both having that lifestyle, it was a lot of give and take too. There were times that he could be home and work from home and then I could go out on a meeting or, so it was a little bit of a unique situation in that, but it really, I felt like served us well. And I was part-time at the time too, which helped a little bit more as well. So did you have like a full-time or like a nanny that was on a certain schedule or did you just have like a a sitter that would come by whenever you needed? It was a mix of like daycare sitters. And then we also have some awesome family in town. So it was kind of a, depending on the day, like the grandma's or my grandma, my grandma, my kid's grandma would take them like one day a week. And it was always this day. And then they also had a great daycare that was local and close by that they would go to. So that sounds a lot like what I do. I have this drop-in daycare. So like if Mm -hmm. I ever have a a day of calls all day or something, then I can just out of the blue, just drop them off and we just do what we can. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, and that's, isn't that one of the things too, that's so hard is like, I feel like moms in general, but especially moms with littles have this split focus because you know, you have your business, you love your business, you have your kids, you love your kids. And it could be a thing where you're feeling never present where you are. <laughs> it's yes. like, oh, I'm thinking about my kids when I'm on this call. And I'm so I found for me at least in a little part, like 
sectioning off my time and even going into interiors too, sectioning off my space helped me a little bit in that, like to get a little bit better being present where I'm at. Cause that's something I definitely am still working on, even though my kids, one of them's a teenager and the other one's a preteen. So I think that's so huge is just focusing on like, how can you really make yourself more productive and really put all of your focus into your business? Because we are so split, like you said, that mm-hmm. is so true. And so speaking of that, you, you have a program where you help working moms create a designated workspace in their home. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. This is my new, new ish course. I say new ish because I'm always constantly improving it. Um, it's, but I have created a course for moms who want to create a home workspace and it's a little bit more than just like, okay, I need a desk. I need this. It's kind of, it's thinking through the space in how you are going to use it because I know everyone is different in your home. A lot of times you have a shared multifunctional space. A lot of people I talk to have that where it's like, well, I don't have a spare room. So I have to use, you know, my kids, the corner of my kid's playroom or something that you would initially look at and be like, this is so not ideal. And there are ways to make everything work. There really are. And realizing that your home is just like your family and that it grows and changes with you. And I have to put an aside in there too, like for working moms that you deserve your own space, because this is another issue I run into a lot. It's that you'll, you'll finish your kids' rooms, you'll finish your guest room, you'll do all these things except for thinking about the space that is for you, um, just because that is the nature of moms oftentimes, is giving to everyone else except for themselves, and that it's okay to designate that space for yourself. And maybe it doesn't look like, oh, I have my own room where I'm doing a build-on addition to my house for my office. Maybe it looks like I have a guest room that I use maybe twice a year. Well, can you use that guest room as your office most of the time and have it be multifunctional? And when you have a guest, it's set up for that as well. So it's just thinking a little bit more creatively and how you can have a space that, and have some, a little bit of boundaries around your space too, to know, teaching your kids like, okay, you can't just go into mom's drawer and grab whatever you either need to ask me, or here's your designated space for your, your tape, for your (laughs) craft projects. You don't take moms, like just those little things like that, um, that you deserve. And it's okay to call out boundaries around. I it's, I can, so it like all resonates with me so well, because so before I just moved into this new home, but before I was living in this small town home and we only had two bedrooms at the time. One of them, we were working into a nursery and I was working mm-hmm. all over the house. Like I was at the dining table on the couch, sometimes in my bed, like just yep. wherever. And it does feel like kind of cluttered and chaotic sometimes, but mm-hmm. of course, starting your business, it does feel kind of messy and chaotic and that's kind of the <laughs> yep. fun of it. But then eventually it becomes like, okay, we need to really like, I just need to feel like this is my space and my zone. And then, mm-hmm. so we turned our, our loft into a, an, uh, an extra bedroom and we just made it into an office and, oh my gosh, I cannot even tell you how good that felt. It just like mm-hmm. changes the way that you, it just makes you feel more productive and really focused in, and it kind of makes you more proud of what you're doing too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's that intention behind it, right? Like it's not, you're not just an afterthought. Like, is there anything wrong with working on your sofa? No, of course not. But if it's, if you're intentional about it, if it's like, oh, I need a change of pace and I want to sit here instead of like, oh, this is the only place I can go Shoot, Okay. (laughs) I'm shoved Mm -hmm. over here. I guess I'll use this, you know, not to mention all the time. It probably saves you 
in the end, because when you have, you know, if you're working with littles at home and you're working on nap time, for instance, you know, you maybe have like an hour, you know, it depends on how, how good they sleep. So maybe you have an hour, two hours just to get to sit down and focus when you don't have a sitter. And do you want to spend that time looking for stuff, looking for somewhere to sit down, clearing off clutter? Cause like for me, I can't just sit down. Like if I'm sitting at my kitchen Island, I need it to be a clean surface. So like all that time you would waste just getting your space ready when you could just walk in, have, be able to sit down, focus, and then be done when you need to be done. Absolutely. So true. I, I remember when I first started working with you, I absolutely loved that, that you were teaching this to people like me, you know, cause I've experienced mm-hmm. all of it. And what I thought was really neat is the fact that, and you touched on this a little bit ago, but just the fact that you don't have to have like a designated bedroom or office room. Um, Mm -hmm. but you can still creatively come up with different ways to like turn a closet into a workspace or something like, you know, something that you wouldn't really think of. I thought that was really, really cool when I found that out from you. And it was something I never thought of. When it could actually, you know, it could even start with something as simple as a corner in your living room. If you don't even have a spare closet, start with your favorite chair somewhere you can sit and work, or maybe it's a corner of your kitchen. It's just looking, a lot of it is looking at your home through different eyes. Like what is this little, even if it's just a little corner with an end table that has a bookcase in it or something, you know, where can I go that is my safe space, my happy space, even if it's in the middle of the living room right now. And of course, as your business grows and changes, that's going to grow and change too, but you got to start, start somewhere. And that's just something I always recognize. Cause I did too. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it firsthand. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about perfection for a minute? So I think one thing mm-hmm. that trips people up and keeps them from even starting to create their own office space is thinking that they'll have to make everything perfect. And then they overwhelm themselves. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And this is a lot, this is one of my favorite things to talk, to talk about because in this industry, like, I feel like I'm anti this very much in an industry that is pro this. I mean, we all need our inspiration. I'm going to say that, you know, you need, you need your Pinterest, you need Instagram, you need those things to look to that. You're like, Oh, that is such a beautiful space. It's a beautiful room. Nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that is when you start to feel like you have to fit into someone else's box. Like I have got to have the space that looks Instagram perfect, or maybe you just need a corner that looks perfect for a zoom call (laughs) that you can just slip, you know, slip your camera around and, and it works for you. And then maybe it transforms into something different, but just realizing that with perfectionism, a lot of times it's just procrastination. You you're like you said earlier, you'll never get anything done. If you're expecting everything to be perfect, especially with little, little children in your house. So the way that I like to do it is get your space to the point where it's as good as it's going to get. You have it set up beautifully. You have colors you like you can. And then when it gets messed up, you can reset it. So like you're getting your space, not, not necessarily to perfect, but to pretty darn good and to great, like for how you want to work. So like, if this is a living room, you get furniture, that's comfy. You get maybe a storage piece that can house things for your littles, but also can grow with the family. And then when, as they get older, they can, you can change that multifunctional pieces, things like that systems. When I talk about that, it's like having a place to put the toys. So you're, you're kind of planning in advance for the chaos to happen, if that makes sense. So your, your perfection comes in and that you're getting furniture. You like, you're getting colors you love. 
um, you're getting items that meet your needs in the space, but also planning for those times when the two-year-old comes in and dumps out all the bins, because that's going to happen. So what do you do when that happens? So that's a lot of, and then not getting too caught up in the scroll. If you use it, social media, Pinterest, if you purely use it as inspiration, not as this is the standard I must meet, I feel like that is, that's where it is. It's like, grabbing that piece of, oh, that's, that's beautiful. I want a beautiful space that feels like that. But if mine isn't that way, how can I get it as close as possible? How can I get a space that makes me feel like I'm at home? Because maybe an all white living room isn't the best for you in your situation right now, but maybe, you know, you can incorporate how that makes you feel and the freshness of that. Maybe you use lighter colors. So, and just realizing that you're enough. And as an, as a designer, I feel like a lot of times people think it's my job to say what you have isn't enough, you know, like, oh, your room is just awful and this and that. And realizing that's not the message I carry. It's that your room, you are already enough right now with whatever ugly room or whatever, you're, you're already enough right now. So let's take the room up to your level. Let's make the room support you. Let's take a living room and make it functional for your family. It's not, to me, it's not trying to attain this perfection of a home that you can show off to people, although there's, if that's what you like, there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, that's not the goal. It's to have a home that actually supports how you live and actually supports how you want to feel. Yes. We spend so much time at home. So we really need to make sure that we enjoy it. And it's really doing for us, you know, a service really like, we need to feel organized. We need to feel proud of, of our spaces and our homes. And yeah. And I absolutely. think it's not hard to convince people of that anymore after, after 2020, yeah. because everyone's yes. been in their homes for so much and you start to realize it like those little things, like when you actually get a home office, wow, I feel different when I work now, or when your kids have, you know, maybe a more limited selection of toys and a designated space to put them, you notice they play differently, like the, those kinds of things. And that doesn't have to be always a huge thing. It can be small things too. So that kind of makes me think about, um, like having systems and habits. Mm -hmm. I know that we, like, I, I go through your blog posts a lot and I know mm -hmm. that's a big thing for you. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about keeping organized and having systems and all of that? Yes, for sure. So I love, I love how simple a system can be because a system can just be a drawer where you put all your pens in the same place all the time. And then you put all your post-it notes next to it. And then that's your system. That's where you put it away. Like you have a place and you have a thing that you want to keep and you always put it in the same spot. It can be as simple as that. And realizing too, that you can start, I like to start with what I would call like high return on investment areas. So places you can see. So if you have a common problem, like for me, for a long time, it was kids and toys and in main spaces like my living room, because we had a playroom that they would only use when I was in it. <laughs> like they wanted to be in the living room. They wanted to be. So when, um, so like, for instance, thinking through that, it was labeling bins with pictures because they couldn't read yet. So they could see, oh, here's the picture of the block. The blocks go in where the picture is. And it's also in turn training your kids that guess what? Mom's not always gonna pick this up for you. You can do it. You can take some pride of ownership in your things. And that's a good thing. And in so like, as far as systems go, it's just, it's that evaluation of looking at one, do I even wanna keep this thing, whatever this is? And if I do, where am I gonna put it? And a lot of times the problem comes when you have no designated spot, like people with their keys, like you get a hook for your keys. It can be life-changing for many people. It's like, oh, I always put it there. I never have to look for them again, what? 
So those, those kinds of things. So, so good. I, you were talking about that a lot in your, in your blog and some of the content we were doing last month. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just like, I think it can be overwhelming to people to Mm -hmm. think that like, okay, I have to like really spend my whole day focusing on organizing and, um, decluttering and, you know, everything, but Mm -hmm. I love the way that you break things down where it's like, no, you really like one of the things you like to say is set a timer, right. Mm -hmm. And spend this amount of time working on organizing or whatever it is. And I think that just Mm -hmm. makes things kind of feel like you're taking them in more of bite-sized steps and that they're just so much more, what's the word I'm looking for? Just you're more approachable. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's lots of ways to do it. You know, I like there's famous home organizers that say, you know, dump out your whole closet and which is fine. It just, you have to look at your lifestyle. Like if you took a Saturday and you dumped out your whole closet, but your kids and your husband or whoever, like everybody's home, you might not get through that whole closet in a day. (laughs) So let's just make it less overwhelming because life is overwhelming enough. We have enough to do. And that's how I've done it for myself too, is like, you know, I'll start like I said, a lot of times I will start with the areas that bug me the most. If there's one common problem I have, and then I will fix that and just move on from there. And it, I had to teach myself too, that it is okay to do things in small chunks and that those small chunks add up, especially in terms of um, decluttering and reorganizing things. Sometimes with things like a kitchen renovation, it has to be a big chunk. But like when you're talking about organizing, you can absolutely take bite-sized pieces to that. And also those, those wins build on each other and it just gives you more and more confidence and more and more like that good feeling when you're done. Like I started doing a ton of this over 2020 because I was home so much and I started actually looking at my own things. I'm like, what is going on? Like my basement was stuffed. Like it was gross. I'm like, what is, what is all this? It's time. It's time. And that's exactly how I've done. I'm still doing it. I'm still going through things and categorizing things, all that. It's kind of, it is a longer process, but you can, when you do it by bite by bite or whatever, chunk by chunk, you can look back and you can also see your progress. Cause I think a lot of times when you dump out your whole closet, it's just, oh, now I'm more overwhelmed than when I began. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's so true. And another thing you have said that I actually practice is you have said to like at the end of the, the night reset, take the reset. reset. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That speaks to me so much. And like, I actually, you know, I help, I like go through your blog posts and then I turn them into social media content. And so Mm -hmm. that one has really stuck with me and every evening I'm just like, so like during the day, I kind of let things go a little bit more with my son. I have a, you know, an almost two-year-old. And so I don't stress myself out about keeping everything tidy but, and I've always been a really tidy person and same with my husband, but it's, um, but it's just like so much easier to just let yourself, you know, just let the day go. And then at night, just take a little bit bit of time to spend a little time resetting and putting things where they go. Mm -hmm. And it just like clears your mind in the evenings. I, I love that. It does. Oh, I'm so glad I do too. And I've been, that's how I like to operate as well. My husband and I are similar. Like we were pretty neat and clean before the kids came along. And the the best part about that too, is you're also teaching them like they, they're going to have this built-in habit just because that's how they grew up. 
and realizing that like 15 minutes, you can do a lot in 15 minutes, even if you're not all the way done. Like you can hit those main areas. For me, it's my kitchen sink and my kitchen counters. And with, I know with little ones is putting away toys. And now that my kids are older, it's like taking all your stuff up to your room or not leaving your backpack in the middle of the living room. And just how, again, it's just another instance of those small small wins and little things that can just improve your daily life so much. And then you also can start to, if you're about ready to do this and you say, okay, I want to do that 15 minute reset. You'll also see where your areas are to work on. So if your kids, like say it's my son leaving his backpack in the middle of the living room. Well, does he have a designated spot to put it? Like, does he know where to put it? And so like when you do those resets, you can also kind of see like, oh, there's not a good spot for that. We need to, we need to make a spot for this. Or why are we, why is this even here? No one's touching it for, <laughs> no one's playing with this toy. Like this, no one wants this. Like, why is this here? Can we give this away? So by doing those resets, you can also kind of find out your areas to work on. If you're in the beginning of this kind of process. I am like constantly taking notes with you. <laughs> <I have laughs> mental notes. Like, okay, so when my kids get older, then I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's all, oh, yeah, so good. Well, and it, having the mindset of the fact that your home is going to grow with you. Cause I do, mm-hmm. I work with a lot of um, young families, families with young kids that are building homes. And oftentimes, especially when you have babies or little ones, you get stuck in those years and you don't always realize like, oh yeah, this child, if I'm, this is my forever home is going to be 15 in this house someday. And so having that bit of a mindset is I found super helpful. And I just remind people of that a lot, like as they're doing new builds and renovations, it's like, yes, we can absolutely customize some things for kids, but you won't need those things forever. So let's try to like make that something that can be a multifunctional thing or like for instance, if you're doing like mudroom lockers, maybe you have like two hooks instead of just one taller hook. And then then when they grow, like for my daughter, like she could put her purse on the lower hook when she's older and then her backpack on the top. But when they're little, they can hang their coat there. Or it's just, just little things like that. That's really good. I, I'm, <laughs> that's another thing I'm taking note of because we haven't put any, we haven't done anything with our mudroom yet. And we've been thinking about doing something like that. So I'm like, mm, I like yes, it. Mudrooms are awesome. <laughs> I love mudrooms. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm pretty excited for that. It's like such a small space, but it's like one of the first things that people see when they come in and that's yeah, awesome. I'm excited. Love it. <laughs> love it. Um, so, so you have a free home, a free home office design guide. Can you talk a little bit about that for my listeners? Yes, absolutely. It's the seven essentials, um, to multifunctional workspace. And it kind of walks you through, um, I know most multifunctional spaces, especially when it comes to home offices are a very big thing with what my clients tell, talk to me about what people talk to me about all the time. So I came up with this as kind of an easy little cheat sheet to walk you through how to do that ways to, you know, make a list and look at your space and with a little bit different eyes, how I've talked to you before, but this goes into a little bit more detail with that in your home workspace. It's a lot of the main pain points people are looking at when they're like, oh, do I, where do I put a home office? What do I want to do with this home office? So, yeah. And then can you talk a little bit about your course and what that entails and how that can help my listeners? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is basically like the next best thing to having me by your side if you're wanting to add a home office into your space. Um, It walks you through the process from basically from beginning inspiration to completion of your room and how to do it, what to think about a lot of things like helpful tips and tricks, things you just might not have thought of when you are wanting to create a space like this for yourself, going into even design styles. Like if you're thinking about what is my style, what do I want to do? And then into the practical of 
If I want to hire um, a construction team, how do I do that? If I'm DIYing, what should I DIY? What should I not? So I'll, really all, all hits all the points of creating a homework space that works for you and your unique situation. I love it. I love it. So good. I'm going to be dropping the link to your um, free home office design guide in the show notes. And then I'll also drop a link to your website in there too. And that has your course on it and other ways that people can work with you. Um, How would you like people to connect with you, Amy? I am probably on Instagram the most. So you can link my Instagram refresh design, but it's got two underscores in it. So you can um, link that. I'm on there all the time. DM me if you have a question or if there's something we talked about today. I love hearing from people. Instagram's the most. You can also connect with me um, by getting on my email list. I'm super excited about this because we're doing a challenge next month exclusively for our email subscribers. Um, I share lots of different tips and tricks there, um, things that you can just steal and use on your own for free. So yeah. It's a great spot to connect to and my website as well. All right. Well, I will have all of that in the show notes. And Amy, it was so good to talk to you. I'm so excited for my listeners to get to know you. I just No, thanks for having me so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to connect with you further on Instagram. You can follow me at Kristen Dawn Smith. That's at K-R-I-S-T-E-N-D-A-W-N Smith. You can also check out my website at kristendawnsmith.com.